Right now, though, we were just talking about um, the pandemic benefits ending in our country. And ending turns out maybe a, a bit strong. Um, they're changing. Because when the programs end on Saturday, some new programs kick in on Sunday. From what we understand, the programs are much smaller, they're much more targeted, and they won't be as uh, broad in scope as the other ones were, or we know a lot of people, almost everybody, um, was able to access them. Uh, Not like that anymore. So will this change the labor situation in our country? Because there's a lot of people out there that think the reason we have a lot of shortages in different industries is because people are just getting paid to stay home. So why would they take a job? Is that true? We're going to dig into that a little bit right now with Stephen Brown of Capital Economics. Uh, Stephen, thank you for your time today. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on. Now, as I said, there are a lot of people out there who firmly believe the reason that we have uh, a labor shortage and people not filling all the job vacancies out there is because they don't have to. They can just stay home and collect benefits. So, um, yeah, first of all, is there any way of knowing whether or not that is true? Uh, it's it's hard to be certain, but yes. I think I would cast a bit of doubt on it. And the reason I say that is because um, if we look to the U.S., where the recovery has been almost three months ahead of that in Canada, uh, and they've already brought their unemployment supplementary unemployment benefits to an end, when they got rid of those enhanced benefits, which are similar to the CRB scheme we've had here in terms of value, there wasn't really much of an impact on employment in, in some of these sectors that we're really talking about, say, restaurants, retail, there wasn't really any rise in employment, especially in the states that brought them to an end soonest. Um, So I think that leads us to some doubt that, you know, the removal of the benefits is going to lead to a a massive increase uh, in the supply of labor. But equally, you know, we have heard, um, so the CFIB, which is the Confederation of Independent Businesses here in Canada, they have told us that some of their members say that when they've offered jobs to people, those people have said, oh, actually, I'm going to wait another month or two because I've still got enough money at the moment through my benefits. So I think it's going to make a difference at the margin, but it might not be as large as maybe some people are hoping. It may not completely reverse things. And just what is it like? I mean, how bad is it? I mean, I, I know anecdotally a lot of people saying we're having a horrible time, you know, just staffing our business. But, you know, do we have any idea just what kind of industries are facing how much of a shortfall, how bad it really is right now? Yeah, it does seem to be, it's quite difficult in terms of, um, especially restaurants, some of the fast food restaurants in particular, where maybe there isn't any really scope for tips to come through. Mm. Uh, and then some of these more independent retail places, maybe they're, that the owners of those businesses are having to put in more shifts than they would normally because they, they can't get the staff. I think, you know, it's certainly where I am in Toronto, we have seen a few restaurants, um, instead of opening for seven days a week, now maybe they just open for five days a week. So they're not being able to offer their services for as, as often as they would normally. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it, it does prevent these businesses doing as well as much business as they, as they would hope to. Um, the, the other thing in all this, though, is uh, obviously it's, it's different per province, but we have now got these vaccine mandates coming in as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at the moment, at the federal level, that's kind of just the healthcare workers and, well, federal employees. But if those were broadened, you know, even if most people are vaccinated, which is sort of the case, uh, even if, you know, even if maybe 5%, 10% of people had to stop working because of that, that's actually still a huge hit in terms of the labor market. So that's a, another risk that we're sort of thinking about now, which could make the situation worse for some of these companies that are already facing 
uh, these labor shortages. So it sounds like there's, we could be in a pattern here that will persist for a while. What do you, you know? How, how do we get out of this? How do we get up to you know businesses being able to staff fully and things like that? I mean, do you have a timeline and and what needs to happen to make that possible? Yeah, I, I think I am. I still think there is sort of a natural way that this will come. You know, as the benefits end and people sort of draw down some of the savings they managed to save from those benefits, there will be more inclination to start working again, particularly if the sort of the health situation improves and particularly also if the, the schooling situation improves. Yeah. I think the risk for some parents in particular is even though a lot of schools are now back to in-person learning, they don't know that for certain throughout the winter that's going to be the case. You know, do you really want to start a job now if in a month's time you have to quit to take care of your children? Probably not. So, I think as as the situation just improves in terms of people gaining more confidence that we're back to a situation resembling a bit more normal, we'll we'll get a bit more of, of labour coming back. The other thing, though, is um, immigration. So this is a big one, both for unskilled and, and more skilled labour. We just simply don't have that many people coming into the country at the moment. Um, there's pretty high hopes from the government that it, it can reverse the situation. It's really ramped up its immigration targets, but. What I'm concerned about is, you know, we don't really have any feel for how many people will want to move to Canada. You know, yeah. from an immig- immigrant's perspective, you can tell from my accent, uh, I came here quite recently. You know, would you want to come to a new country if you're if you're facing the risk of being cut off from your family again because there's another round of travel restrictions? You know, that's the type of thing that maybe means that immigration will stay low, possibly even for a couple of years. So that's sort of a risk that we might face these labor shortages for a while. Um you know, the good news for, for the regular worker is that could lead to some upward pressure on wages. Uh, the bad news, though, is that it could also lead to some upward pressure on inflation. And, you know, depending on how those play out, some people will be a bit better off and some people will be a bit worse off. You're right. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty, you know, and to take a, to make a big risk or to make a big move or to make a big change like that, that uncertainty doesn't lead people to make that leap. And it's going to take time for just, like you say, things to naturally get to a point where people are feeling more comfortable with things. Exactly. It's, it's you know, we're, we've just gone through such a, you know, life-changing experience. Yeah. We're not going to go back to normal that quickly. Makes perfect sense. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Stephen Brown with Capital Economics.